Hi, I'm Maduni Krishnan, editor of Airline Weekly, and welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge. This podcast is the audio from our weekly live streaming interview series, which we air every Monday at noon Eastern at forum.skiff.com. Join us for the weekly live stream. We'll take your questions live on air. And if, of course, if you prefer audio, we'll always be podcasting the Airline Weekly Lounge at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to the Airline Weekly Lounge Live. I'm your host, editor Madhu Krishnan, and I'm here today with Brett the Cranky Flyer Snyder. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Madhu. Cranky, thank you for joining us. Sure. Now you be here. I want to give you a chance. You just launched something kind of exciting, the Cranky Network Weekly. Tell, tell me about it. Yeah, sure. So it's a We've quietly launched this so far. We, we haven't really talked about it much yet. We're still refining it, but I, I think we're there now. So um, basically, uh, I'm doing this in, in partnership with uh, Visual Approach and uh, with Sirium and using their data. Um, but what we're doing is every week looking through the schedule changes, like the skeds of airlines, um, but picking out kind of the key competitive trends and then you know looking deeper into the data to find... Um, you know, what we can to shed light on what's going on, help provide competitive insights uh, using the data. And um, so far, we've, we've tended to have about six trends um, that we focus on each week, but then it also has kind of high level uh, numbers about what's changing uh, week over week and year over year and all this. So uh, it's, it's pretty good. I, I sent you a copy of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you can you can learn more at crankyflyer.com slash CNW for Cranky Network Weekly. And while you're there, you can order a shirt. Uh, you can. We, we're working on some holiday merch. Okay. So, you know, we'll see what that turns into. I have to say, I almost wore my uh, my cranky Tokyo um, Haneda shirt. No, well, you could. I could have with the Godzilla on the back. The best part's on the back, so I'd have to be turned facing away from well, the camera, which some might that say. Would, that would be awesome. That what are you might be an improvement. So, cranky. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Third Hi. quarter earnings. Yeah. <laughs> I so awesome. never Everyone's thought, rich. you know, every quarter it's like I, since this pandemic started, I, I tell myself I haven't seen a quarter like this ever in 20 years of covering this business. And then the next quarter is another quarter like no other. Um, yeah. I mean, we had one kind of surprising profit, which was SkyWest, which is a Yeah. Well, I mean, it helps when you kind of have contracts that guarantee that pretty much. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> This is not a. This is not quite like saying a real profit. <laughs> I mean, I I will say, look, Allegiant said they were cash positive yes. in September. I think in September they only fly like three flights. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's something. Uh, but I I mean in general I just I always flash back to Monty Python and the Holy Grail and it's like I'm not dead yet. That's right. Like that's just. What it looks like. That is a horrible accent. <laughs> well, you know, I got to ask you, you know, the um, one thing that struck me listening to all the earnings, um, Allegiant, as you mentioned, um, even JetBlue, Southwest, uh, there was a note of optimism among all these CEOs. They're, you know, they uh, maybe is this bluster? Is this misplaced? I mean, why? Uh, yeah, what did you well, think? What were your I mean? You have to have that note of optimism, right? I mean, if if you walked in here and said we're screwed, right? And that was like, what, you can't have that message for your employees. You can't have that message for Wall Street, right? I mean, no, nobody's gonna want to hear that. So, um, of course, you have to have some level of optimism. And the reality is that you know it probably should 
keep getting better. I, I say that as countries locked down again. Right. But uh, but I think you know it's it's likely that it will get better. But when you're getting better from like the worst thing ever on earth, uh, there's a long way you have to go up before it's actually good. Uh, but yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> we we have our our concierge business right yeah. we, we book travel and um we're getting we see domestic closer in very few people that are willing to take that bet in the longer run right now about what they're going to do and so um i think really you know there's a lot of wait and see there's a lot of wait and well see that's interesting there. because you know while you hear all this the airlines say that they're seeing bookings farther out um yeah, well, but uh you're you're not seeing that same trend. I think we see a little bit of it, but mm-hmm. ultimately you get a lot of people that you don't see it. Now, normally for us, I'd say like for next summer, we would really see a lot of that start coming in for the leisure international stuff. We'd start seeing that kind of after the new year. It is okay. People would really start turning their focus to that. Right now, they're still thinking about the holidays and all that. Um, but I I would be surprised if January was uh, was kind of the normal tidal wave that we usually get. And uh, I would think people will book closer in, uh, even, uh-huh. especially international where there still are change fees uh, yeah. at this point. I mean, who knows how long waivers get extended or whatnot, but uh, those do still exist. But I think, you know, it's it's telling like American, they, they had these absurdly cheap, fully refundable fares they were putting in the market for a while there. And you know, I think the airlines are trying whatever they can just to get money in instead of money out. Um, and domestic seems to be holding up okay, but again, okay is relative. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's hard to see how international will come back when there's so many when the there's such a patchwork quilt of travel restrictions everywhere. It's a nightmare, right? I mean, you can't. I mean, like it's hard. I I can't keep up with what Britain is closing or France is closed or whatever. You know, it just it changes by the day. And there's no uniformity at all. We we had a um, uh, one of the people that works for us um, had a, a family member who was in uh, who's gravely ill uh, over in the UK, and uh, his mother. We were working with her to try and figure out. All right, how can we get you there? What can we do? And she eventually gave up, and she was like, "You know what? This is." It's too wow. confusing. And this was before they announced the lockdown. And, and she said, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. And and that's just awful. Wow. Um, and even beyond that, you know, they're talking about testing regimes and all this kind of stuff. I, I took my first flight since the pandemic last week. I flew to Hawaii uh, to try out the new pre-testing program. Man, it's not great. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Who did you fly? Did you fly United or Alaska? Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Oh, right. Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, it's very confusing and time consuming and difficult to make sure you have everything you need. Um, and there were several points along the way where I just got so frustrated with the thing and I know they're improving it and they're working on it, but that's one state doing one thing. And when you start yeah. thinking about all these other countries and what they're going to do, who knows what it'll be? Uh, it, it's it's a mess. There needs to be some kind of global leadership on this, and I doubt we're going to get that. Yeah, and IATA has been screaming about this for months. Like there needs to be some kind of yeah um, comprehensive and at least more uniform testing or quarantine regime. You would and- hope, mm-hmm. but 
Do you hear that howling in the background over here? Is that your dog? No. That's our neighbors have this like howling skeleton dog from Halloween oh, God. that goes off all the time. My well, dog's passed out on the bed right here. <laughs> four of our neighbors, you know, I, um, our neighbors pretty much on every side are have taken pandemic as an opportunity to massively reconstruct their houses. So it's been a, it's been like living in a building site. So you might hear that startup soon, cool. but um, you know, I want to hear like just, um, back to the Hawaii yeah. thing. I mean, um, so how did how did that work? I mean, I've read about it. Did you did you have to find a lab that does that has the approved test, or did they give you a list of labs? Like, yeah. how did that work out? Well, okay, so for, so first of all, so Hawaiian flew me out for this. So okay, uh, because of that, I, I kind of started with them, and they said, "All right, here are the partners." Now, okay. Hawaiian has two partners. Um, right. One was not up and running yet. It's uh, drive-through uh, labs in LA and San Francisco with Works, mm-hmm. I think it's called. Um, so that wasn't up and running, so I couldn't do that. So um, they had me do Vault Health, which yeah. is the the mail test. So they send it to you, and you have to do a Zoom call with the nurse while you do it, and then you send it back. So, oh wow! Uh, you know, I loved it because it's a saliva test. You don't have to stab your brain. Oh which is nice. Okay, that's good. However, it's not as easy to generate saliva as you might think. I should know huh. it takes some okay. time. Uh, <laughs> the nurse is like, don't take your time. I'm just hanging out here. Uh, but fine. So it's UPS. It's a little nerve wracking because you're not allowed to do the test until 72 hours prior to your departure. So mm-hmm. we had a 10 a.m. departure. So I had to wait until like 10.01 and do the test. And oh, then wow, yeah. I, we like rushed it to UPS and they send it back. Yeah. And we actually had it the next day, but it's still a little nerve wracking. Um, yeah. But uh, so that was just through Hawaiian. But really what you need to do, you go, there's a site called Safe Travels. It's mm-hmm. travel.hawaii.gov. And you have to create an account, a bunch of your information you have to put in there. And then uh, you have to create a trip once you've created your account and say, this is the trip I'm doing this is where I'm staying. These are my dates, whatever. And so then you have to go and use one of their approved testing partners. And they do have a list depending on where you are. They have like a mainland list. They have an inner island list. And they have a a, a Japanese list, which is odd because they still can't do it. But eventually yeah. I think they're going to get there. Right. Um, and uh, so the thing that's confusing with it, though, is that the partners can be testing partners or they can be airlines. So like American Airlines, they said – uh, okay, uh, these are our partners, but those partners aren't listed as partners for the state of Hawaii. So people get confused, like, wait, can I actually do this? Cause they're not on the list. Apparently you can. So anyway, you, you do all the testing, you get your results. You're supposed to upload them. Uh, mm-hmm. but what's weird is when you upload them, it's, you, you can only upload a one page PDF of the results. Um, my results were sent to me as an email. So I just like printed the first page into a PDF. It's like, can't I, can't I just create right. that on my own? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, and, and then once you're within 24 hours of travel, you have to take a questionnaire on the safe travel site. Right. Uh, and then you can go and actually fly at that point and they check your temperature, uh, on boarding. But then when you land, you have to go wait in line for, I don't know, it was like half an hour for us and they check everything and, and they tell you bring a copy of your test, which they don't say what that means. Like, does that mean the result? Does that mean on your phone? Does that mean whatever? So we printed it out, which was good because they made us give them our printout. And the guy uh-huh. went off to some corner and talked to his supervisor. And then the supervisor came back and they 
did things and eventually said, okay, you're okay. I'm like, this is, this is weird, man. I don't understand what's, it was really confusing huh. what you needed to do. Well, it is early days. Maybe it that'll is. all be ironed out. Well, that's the, the thing I don't understand though, is they say that they reserve the right to check your test with the provider. Like, why can't the provider just send the result directly to the state uh, no. with, you know, with your permission and maybe they'll work that out, but. But you think you get through the gauntlet and you're done, but you're not because people don't have to get a test. You can still do the quarantine if you want. So um, like when we went to rent a car, they have to make sure that you have the negative test or otherwise they can't rent you a car. Oh, wow. And the hotel, when we checked in, like they wouldn't give me a key until we did that. And then they wouldn't give my wife a key until she showed her proof too. And, wow. so, and then they told me <laughs> restaurants would check too, but we never had a restaurant check. Okay. Uh, but still, it was a little like, okay. And they said, oh, you should just keep a screenshot of the page in case you need to show it. And again, I'm like, man, how hard is it to forge it? Like, my Photoshop skills are horrible, and I could forge this. <laughs> so I don't really understand it at all. But it was confusing, and uh, it needs some work. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. And I can't imagine if, you have, if you're going to multiple countries and, you know, trying to understand. Like, people aren't going to. People aren't going to do it. Let's just face that. They're not going to do it. Yeah. So I can't imagine. I mean, it's sometimes for, it's hard enough to get a visa sometimes for a country. Right. And like, if you have to provide then, and, and, you know, the, if you have to provide like health information and te and each country is a different test. What if you have, if you're traveling to four different countries, like, yeah. How do you manage all of that? And also, you know, there's, there's, there are, I think, you know, this is a question worth asking is how much, um, how how much of your health data are you willing to for to give over yeah. to other countries? Well, yeah. you know, I think people going to China might be thinking thrice. <laughs> right. I mean, they were already doing that before with some of the <laughs> concerns about, you know, detentions and whatever it might be. But yeah, certain countries you might have real concern about what are you sharing with them and, and what could they do with it. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I guess this this is, you know, proving the value of a good travel agent, uh, someone that mm -hmm. can help guide you through this. But, uh, you know, even a good travel agent's going to struggle because things change a lot and it, it's really tough. I mean, that's, you spend a lot of time trying to keep up on this. Uh, but if you try and do it on your own, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's a lot of work to figure it out. It's tough. Huh. Yeah. So, well, it'll be interesting to see when, um, international, starts to come back. I don't think it's going to come back for a good long time, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, if, if we, uh, if we loop this into skeds of airlines here, which uh, like stands <laughs> in the hourglass, you got it. <laughs> it's but, time for skeds of airlines. But you know, like two weeks ago, uh, Delta next summer, they loaded like Atlanta to Venice mm -hmm. and, you know, pure leisure routes that you're thinking, all right, next summer you're you're feeling a little frisky. You think maybe it's going to happen? I I guess they can always pull it back if it doesn't book up. But right, um, at least somebody's hoping that next summer is going to be reality. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly not for Australia, New Zealand. That's uh, appears to be a lost cause for for yeah. the northern summer. Uh, well, Qantas. I mean, Qantas has said it doesn't plan to fly to the U.S. until the end of 2021. I believe. Right. Yeah, I think they've. I think they shut everything down until October at this point, but that doesn't mean they won't extend it again. Right. Um, but, and then Asia, who knows, um, you know, I think some places are more strict than others. My, my guess is that 
you a lot of Americans, right? Like they, they feel more comfortable with Europe. It's a similar culture in a lot of those places. Mm -hmm. um, if you're trying to like dip your toes back in, Europe might be the obvious choice. But who knows what that's going to be like? I mean, I, I think that's where the airlines are going to put their hopes and dreams, but I'm just not sure uh, what that's going to turn into. No. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, there's Latin America, which is, is generally more open, uh, especially right. in Mexico, which is wide open and right. Caribbean. But, uh, you know, and I don't know. But but that that is also more of a winter play. That's a go warm up. Uh, right. I mean, we saw this week, American put a bunch of wide bodies in some weird places. Yeah. So let's talk about skeds of airlines. Sure. Um, what is going on with American and its wide bodies and like from Miami? Yeah. Well, they, so, you know, this winter they have nowhere to put these wide bodies. <laughs> they, they have a lot of them. Despite right. retiring the A330s and the 76s, they still have a lot of them. Uh, so they're flying, uh, let's see, triple seven to Bogota and San Juan, uh, 787s to, uh, let's see, Port-au-Prince, uh, San Pedro Sula in Honduras, uh, Lima, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Hold on, I can look at this real quick here. But uh, basically, they're just looking for any place where, where they can uh, you know, get traction. Oh, uh, Guayaquil and, uh, okay. San Salvador also get 787s. So, um, you know, non-traditional, I mean, uh, Guayaquil, uh, and Lima may be a little different. They, they might have scored a, an ancient 767 back in the day <laughs> on occasion, although Lima was mostly the, uh, seven fives mm -hmm. old, old products on those. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is new, nice metal with big premium product, everything. So uh, I think it'll be really interesting. And, and we talked about this in Cranky Network Weekly this week was, you know, these are markets that traditionally, if they do have premium, it, it the fares are low. I mean, when you look right. at Lima, fares are very low for premium cabin usually. And so they don't put their best premium products on them. Right. Uh, but now they're putting a lot of premium product on them. Uh, the, granted, the 788s don't have a ton of seats, um, but still nice flatbeds. Uh, yeah. You know, really good product. So, uh, how I, long is the flight to Port au Prince, though? Oh, God, it's not. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like it can't, from Miami. What is it? Like, say, yeah, hold on. An hour and a half, two hours? No, an hour and a half, maybe? Well, and there's San Juan, too, right? Uh, yeah, San Juan. Yeah, what is that? Like? Two hour block time here today. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Hold on. That was the wrong city. So you could have a quick map. Oh, no. Well, these, these are also VFR markets, right? Like Port-au-Prince is a, is a big VFR market, oh, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that, yeah, here, a two-hour two hour flat, pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah, straight-up VFR market in Port-au-Prince. This is mm -hmm. very different from the other side of the island in the Dominican Republic. You don't have right. a lot of people going to Haiti on vacation. I assume it's the same thing in San Pedro Sula, San Salvador. Mm -hmm. these, these are not big American vacation destinations. Uh, certainly Lima is different. Guayaquil too. You compare that with, uh, you know, people going to the Galapagos and things like yeah. that. Um, but a lot of these uh, shorter routes, yeah, this is uh, friends and, and relatives. I mean, grab the share where you can. I mean, right? I mean, grab the mark, grab the traffic that's out there. The traffic that's out there is VFR. I mean, I just assume that these are... Look, you, you've got 
seven eighths sitting on the ground, you're paying the rent. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, you know, it's not like you're getting out of it. So take a shot. I mean, there's, there's high volume usually, especially in coach, mm-hmm. but it also does provide that opportunity to say, Hey, is there actually a premium market here that has developed over time that we've just sort of ignored just because of historical trends? You know, can we get a premium here? Are, are there people that are willing to do this? And if so, it could be a use for these airplanes in the future. I mean, probably not a two hour flight regularly, but you know, some of the slightly longer ones in Northern South America, things like that. Maybe it opens up some opportunity that could be unique to Miami. So it could give American a real advantage. Uh, whereas other airlines don't have that. Well, let's, let's talk, let's take a step back and talk about sk- more other skeds of airlines. Yeah. Like, so in case those of you who don't know, cranky Brett, Brett, I had to remind myself, had to remind myself of your name for a second. <laughs> Brett, <laughs> Because I think in the 10, 15 years I've known you, I've called you Brett maybe twice. Yeah. So probably both on the Right. Um, so anyway, um, Cranky writes a, a blog, thecrankyflyer.com. Um, and uh, he's had this running sort of series called Skeds of Airlines with the Days of Our Lives Hourglass. I've been told how to pronounce it and I've just pronounced it wrong. But um, anyway, to, in one of the more recent installments of Skeds of Airlines, you uh, you said December is coming into focus now, right? That so because that was in flux. So let's talk about December because that's a, that's usually an important month for airlines with the year-end holidays. Yeah. So this weekend, I'm going to pull up my, my info here. Um, so last week, Alaska filed December. Uh, and Delta too, but then Delta made additional cuts this weekend. So, uh, and then everyone else put December in this weekend uh, for mm-hmm. US Airlines. So now we have a, a clearer picture of what they're thinking, I guess. Um, and so if we look kind of uh, overall, uh, let's see, for December, it looks like uh, ASMs for those kind of the, the, the 11 US Airlines uh, or actually, this might be overall down about 45% right now, a little better than November, but uh, it really is a tale of two months. You have mm-hmm. the first half of December and you have the second half of December, right. which is the holiday period. And so, um, you know, when, when you look in the first half of the month, uh, you see much lower schedules. Uh, then in the second half, you see them a lot more bullish, hoping that you're going to get more leisure travel. Right. And uh, that that's kind of the hope and dream. I, I was a little surprised. I had expected that even the first half we might see, um, you know, a little bit more just because people are working from home. They can go earlier than normal. Yeah. You don't have to wait until that like Saturday before Christmas to go somewhere. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. You can work from anywhere. Uh, but it, it doesn't really look like there's much hope for that. Uh, m- most of what we're seeing is still significantly lower in the beginning compared to the second half. Um, and, uh, you know, y- there's a lot of uh, variability by day, just huh. huge day a week fluctuations uh, that um, you're, you're going to see just every day is going to look different. It, it looks like at this point. Do you think the schedule will hold? I mean, what we were seeing earlier, as recently as like a month or two ago, the next month's schedule is almost fiction, right? I mean, the, it just changed so quickly. Right. You think the schedule is going to hold? Well, I think this is an accurate first cut at what they expect it to look like. This is, you know, you're a month out. 
yeah. the beginning of the month. And this is what they, they like to do. Now, that being said, there are a couple things that I look at in here that I expect further changes. Uh, Spirit, for example, they have the during the holiday season, it's almost like flatline every day looks the same. Uh, so I imagine that that's more of a placeholder that we'll see them refine that further, like most of the other airlines have. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you, you start to see the personalities that develop with these airlines when you do this week in and week out. And like JetBlue just likes to cut every week. Uh, hmm. This weekend, they cut November again. Huh. <laughs> it was two days before November. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, they cut another 2% out. So I'm sure with uh, JetBlue, we'll see them, you know, cut more out as it gets closer. Uh, and then Southwest tends to go the other direction. They like to look for opportunity and add things back when they see it, something that's a possibility there. They've already done that a little in December. They had their December schedule set before. Uh, so they've already added a little bit more back. So it wouldn't surprise me to see more of that. Um, but uh, I think this is, is pretty fixed based on what we know today. Mm -hmm. This is what they're hoping to be able to fly. And whatever changes we see in the future will be more reactions to bookings as we get closer in, which the the booking curve is, is so close compared to where it normally is huh. that, you know, there, there's no reason to think that we won't see further changes, but I, I wouldn't expect massive changes like we had this weekend. How close is that booking curve? I mean, what are you saying? I mean, I don't have the data in front of me, but it is people are booking closer for sure. I mean, the holidays, people would book, you know, much further out in general. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, but now we're at this point where I think people start to realize that if you book too far out, you're, that flight's not going to exist. Yeah. For some people, that's good. For <laughs> they, they like the option of changing to something better than what they booked. But for other people, they want the certainty. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is the first day, this Monday here, where you actually can just say, all right, this schedule that's out there right now is likely what's going to be flown. Huh. Uh, and that's crazy to think that it's taken this long to get to this point, but that's the world we live in. That is nuts. And it's also remarkable. I mean, so we're talking about an industry that's half the size that it was last year. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, 65%, right. Or a good day. <laughs> 60%. I mean, that's another thing that when we were kind of looking at this too, is, I mean, you talk about that in terms of seats or available seat miles, however you want to look at it. We still have to remember that Delta and Alaska through December are still not selling about 30% of their seats that they're yeah. buying. Uh, right. And Hawaiian is through December 15th at this point and, you know, hasn't definitively said one way or the other if that will change. So, you know, when you actually look at some of these numbers, it's even worse just because of the seats that won't be sold. Oh, that's crazy. So it's, it's a pretty massive decline. Um, certainly looks better than other months, especially when you look at the holiday period. But uh, I think, you know, we've had so many months now of doom and gloom that this isn't shocking. But if you had showed me this a year ago, I probably would have lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, I think we all would have. I mean, that's, that's you just get used. To, I mean, it's amazing what you get used to, right? We're talking about an industry that's 55% of what it was last year. And uh, in terms of seats, in terms of scheduled capacity. capacity and that seems and that seems just normal that seems actually good right well right? <laughs> I mean, you, if you could get a normal load then that would be good yeah. <laughs> like that's insane 
<laughs> but it's also not going to be a normal load on on these two. So, yeah. um, you know, Florida is Florida and whatever. But uh, for the rest of the world, you know, they're, they're not going to fill a lot of these a lot of these seats on especially some of the regionals and, and things like that. And and you're seeing more capacity flooded like these 787s. You got to put these planes on routes you hope you can fill. But that's still a tough, tough challenge to actually fill those. So uh, it, it's it's a really interesting chess game. There's a lot of nuance and the uh, network teams are not sleeping and uh, they need a break, I think. Yeah. <laughs> But this well, is what the world demands right now is to squeeze out as much as you can and, and figure it all out. It's, it's always been a crazy industry, but this is a crazier, crazier time than most, than ever, actually. Yeah, I would say than ever, which, yeah. you know, anyone who's gone, who went through 9-11 to think that it could be anything crazier than that. I know. I, I never, I, yeah. Yeah. Were you with America West in 9-11? I was. Yeah. I was just starting to cover the industry then. And it was uh, kind of a trial by fire. Yeah. I was doing pricing. And uh, so a friend who actually worked for United out of Dulles called me up and said, hey, do you know what's going on? Have you seen this? Woke me up. I had no idea, but ran into the office. And um, I just remember there's like a company-wide call of everyone saying, okay, where are our planes? And when the last one got down, everyone was relieved. And then we we're like, oh crap! Now what? <laughs> what yeah. does this mean? But, but even that, like, even the dramatic cut in demand after that was was way better than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, it was shorter lived, but we didn't know that that day, of course. But, uh, but yeah, it it's, it's yeah. just mind boggling. And it's important to remember. I mean, that that demand hit in nine eleven after nine eleven was generally to the US, a little bit to Europe, but like Air France was still flying its full schedule to Africa, for example, right? You know, like yeah. by example. So like this is this is just the whole world has stopped flying. Well, which is weird. And the other thing about it is the US industry had already started to decline. Yeah. You saw the the dot com bust, right? Right, right. Around like two thousand, things were at their peak and starting mm-hmm. to fall off. We were at record levels before COVID. And yeah. This was, you know, the, the top of the game and That's right. to just completely plunge the way it did. Um, it, it was, yeah, it was completely different than. Yeah. Anything. And everywhere. I mean, I mean, everywhere, right. There's not one airline that's not affected. I don't know. Don't go ask Akbar if uh, <laughs> Cutter seems pretty content flying everywhere. All the oh, time. That's true. <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, it, that's, Every airline has seen impacts, some greater than others. But, you know, if you're doing pretty well, if you're like flying 70 percent of your capacity, I don't know. It's it's insane. Well, Cranky, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, Cranky. So Cranky Network Weekly. Can you remind our viewers of the listeners of the URL again? Sure. It's just crankyflyer.com slash CNW. So check it out while you're um, check it out. And while you're there, you should buy yourself a T-shirt. They're great T-shirts. And buy yourself a subscription while you're at it. <laughs> slightly more expensive. Slightly it's more a, expensive. It may be more of a niche product. We realize that. But it's going to work. So right. It's, uh, no, it's an impressive product. Good job. Um, and uh, I want to once again remi- remind all our listeners that we are on hiatus for two weeks. So our next episode will be November 23rd. Um, before that, on November 19th, Skift will be hosting um, 
our first inaugural Skift Aviation Forum in partnership with Dallas-Fort Worth International. Uh, it's virtual this year, but we have an impressive array of speakers, including, as I mentioned, Stephen Advarhazi, uh, Gary Kelly, Robert Isom, um, Anne Rangel from Air France. So, uh, to, so please join us. Registration is free for Airline Weekly subscribers. This podcast or live stream will be archived and, and on our website later this week, airlineweekly.com. Check us out while you're there if you don't subscribe. And uh, we will have an audio version of this podcast available on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts later this week. And per usual, if you need, if you have any feedback on this or any other episode or anything related to Airline Weekly, you can drop me a line at mu at skift.com. Thank you very much. And uh, we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Cranky. You're welcome. <laughs>